Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck? Where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. How's it going, Pastor Joel? It is going very well. Thank you. How are you? Great. Uh, this is an interesting topic, I think, that we're going to be talking about today. I think so, too. We're going to be talking about animal thinking. All right. So we had discussed evil thinking or destructive thinking yes. in a past episode, and it sounds like we're going on to our next thought process, potentially. I think so. (laughs) Well, would you give us some history and some background, Pastor Joel? Yes, we are going on to our next thought process. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So um, apparently is evident. All right. (laughs) Everything a person does, word and deed happens through a thought process. This is the same little history and background I gave for the destructive thinking episode. Love it. God created our brains to work four different ways or according to four different thought processes. And the Bible reflects this from beginning to end. We can see, I'll I'll refer to the same scriptural reference. John 1 verse 13 says, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man but of God, blood, flesh, man, God, one, two, three, four. It's the four different thought processes. We refer to them as destructive, which is blood, animal, which is the flesh, human, which is man, and godly, which is the God reference. So we've already, like you said, we've covered destructive thinking. This episode will cover animal thinking. Now, for the actual history or background of this, yeah, the human brain is divided into two main parts. There's the unconscious brain and the conscious brain. So there's the unconscious, which is 90%, and the conscious, which is 10. Now, we'll get into the conscious a lot more in the future, but for now, I'll just say this. A lot of see a lot of these like sci-fi movies and tv shows that talk about we only have access to 10 percent of our brain imagine if we increase that which is great right very interesting concepts but the truth is we do use 100 percent of our brain 10 percent of it the conscious we have direct control over The 90% is the unconscious. We don't have direct control over the unconscious brain. The unconscious brain is the part of the brain that humans share with animals. And when this part of the brain is the cause or is the cause of my words or behavior, in other words, if this unconscious brain is what is 
running my life, I am operating in what we would refer to as animal thinking. Nice. So that's a big thing to remember. Animal thinking, unconscious brain. And the unconscious brain is in charge or taking over the words and behavior of a person. Right. Okay. Well, we're talking about how people have been hurt by church, Pastor Joel. So how have people been hurt by this topic of animal thinking? Well, first, we tend to mainly be ignorant of the difference between animal and human thinking, period, but but especially in the church, even to the point where you know, a lot of, a lot of times when I talk about thought process, I know you've experienced this as well, pastor. Um, there's a lot of the, a lot of, a lot of pastors kind of push back on us with these claims that we are too focused on psychology, Hmm. but whether that's true or not, the point is, is it tends to be Christians and Christian leaders are mainly ignorant of the difference between these two different types of thinking between animals or humans. The second, second way I see people being like this issue in the church is that at this level of thinking, at the animal level of thinking, we only go as deep as knowledge or what is happening or what we're reading. And if you would refer back to the last episode we did, Mystery versus Puzzle, animal thinking would only go as deep as seeing anything as a puzzle. There's no understanding. There's no wisdom. Mm. Animal thinking is just at the knowledge level. So this puzzle piece fits this puzzle right here that's that's uh what level yeah okay cool thank you for the background so what does this conflict or issue look like in the church how does this impact usually we see it from a strict side and a loose side right and this is so the 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 what that or the knowledge or the effects that this side emphasizes is the essence of animal thinking. Mm. It's just knowledge. You're not given a why. You're not given a how. For instance, read your Bible. Give 10%. Pray. Have faith. These are lists of what's. That's the essence of animal thinking, right? And, you know, it's a mystery. These people treat it like it's a puzzle. So all of these what's are emphasized. And if there's a why given, which on the strict side, some you'll, you'll get a why. You'll get maybe one why. You'll get a reason. But it won't be the deeper why. It won't be the doctrine level. Mm-hmm. It'll be something like, like, why should I read my Bible? Why should I give 10%? Why should I pray? Why should I have faith? Because the Bible says so. Because your pastor asked you to. Because God wants you to. These actually aren't 
whys. These are just other what's. They're not causes. How many parents are successful in their parenting when they tell their kids to do something because I said so? Seriously. I'm a dad. Doesn't work. Didn't work for me. I've actually committed to trying not to say it to my son because I know it doesn't work. (laughs) But this side doesn't give a reason or a value behind what is being taught. So that's this conflict in the churches. Do these lists of behaviors and you're never given a reason, a real reason why, and you're never being shown what the benefit for you is in this. Well, it gives God glory. Great. Not saying we shouldn't be giving God glory. Praise God, we shouldn't. Let's give him glory. Let's give him all of it. But that doesn't mean I don't benefit. Mm. doesn't mean there shouldn't be a benefit for me as well. Nice. Well, the benefit for you is giving God glory. All right. So you're just, see what I mean? This is just That's circular. not a reason. It isn't yeah. a reason. It's another what. Yep. So people that hold this strict perspective, how do they support it? with the bible with anything (laughs) because again so this is this is a foundational topic i'm glad we're talking every thought process topic that we cover this season is going to be a game changer Mm -hmm. for for people to to learn because it really is going to start showing everything stems from these thought processes so the biblical support of the strict perspective is anything Meaning this, all this side does is support their beliefs with what the Bible says while ignoring the meaning of the Bible or the doctrine of the Bible. But I can use, like, read your Bible, tithe, pray, have faith. My scriptural support for that being my method of leading you is, look at the Bible says so, the Bible says so, the Bible says so. That's why it's like, so how does the side support their beliefs with scriptures? By just pointing to the things the Bible says, by what the Bible says, mm-hmm. while ignoring the meaning and the doctrine. And that for all it. of you, yeah. for all of you who are listening, that was Pastor Joel aggressively pounding <laughs> on his sheets of, on his notes. <laughs> yes, it was. That was him saying, this is, these people go, this is what the Bible says. This is, you want, you know what the reason is? Is because it says it right yeah, here. Right. This is the reason. Here's my support. It says this. The Bible says this. Do this thing. Yeah. There you go. I helped that, you. That is the animal. <laughs> that's animal thinking to a T. Nice. Just How, what? Just right. What? Just what? And then here's what the Bible says. So I yep. support my what with what the Bible says. Right. There you go. So spiritual. How would you handle an interaction with someone who held this perspective? Well, I could ask that person, well, what do you, what do you think is more important? What you say or what you mean? It's like, and you know, are you okay with me putting my own meaning, my own meaning behind words you use behind what you say? So how about, and then here's a, here's a good example from scripture that I think helps flush this out a little bit too. If all we care about is what the Bible says, then what do you think of these people? They bowed before Jesus and said, hail King of Jews. 
yet they did it mockingly. Mm. They had the right words, but their how and why behind those words was to mock Jesus Christ. What do you think of those people? Mm. Nice. So, and here's something I'd like to flush out too. So a lot of people think the Bible is contradicting itself. There's, you know, we talked about it actually in the Music Life Church podcast for the Mystery Versus Puzzles. I talked about Jesus referring to the Old Testament, an eye for an eye, and Jesus saying, I say, turn the other cheek, and we resolved that contradiction. So meaning there wasn't actually a contradiction if you get down to the doctrine of what Jesus is doing. So you could even say, if you want, like, because I've helped, so I've helped a, a pastor friend of ours, Pastor Jake Gibson, holla to our friend. Yeah. yeah. Was uh, interacting with somebody who was really quick to wanted to point out all these contradictions that he was being taught. Pastor Jake was teaching him, was bringing him through the restoration process from from the Bible, you know, not the process any man created, the process God has designed from his Bible. Pastor Jake was bringing somebody through, and this person was uh, having a great time trying to poke all these holes in Pastor Jake's argument. And Pastor Jake was trying to argue, no, the Bible doesn't contradict itself. And he's just like, well, look at this, right? Look at these things. Jesus says, I for an eye and turn the other cheek, which is it? Or how about, you know, the Bible says we're supposed to confront people, but it also says we're supposed to forgive. Nice. What do we do? Nice. There's contradictions. It's like, no. There, and so what I explained to Pastor Jake is what I'd say to the guy is this. You know, instead of just, instead of arguing with him, take his side. Say, you know what? Yes, you're right. The Bible does contradict itself in what is written. But it doesn't in the it doesn't in the cause in the spiritual cause in the doctrine level, and we already resolved that Jesus saying eye for an eye turn the other cheek. But even with confront and forgive, how do we resolve that seeming contradiction? What do I do? It sounds contradictory. I can't confront and forgive the same person as a step one. This is my first step. I can't have a first step be confront. And at the same time, my first step be to forgive. What do I do? Well, take a step back and you determine how am I loving this person? If they're a believer versus an unbeliever, it would depend right. on that. It would depend on my move based on that. So you, what you see here is you take a step back and you see the doctrine of love is what guides the decision. Nice. But you notice, so, so anyway, this is, this is the, the big issue with the strict side mm. is it misses all this doctrine. So at any given time, depending on what is convenient for me, I can use the Bible to support my belief because of what the Bible says while ignoring the meaning and ignoring the doctrine. I can confront someone if I want to. Why? Because the Bible says to confront people. Nice. Or yeah. I can forgive someone if I want to. Why? Maybe it's a person I don't really want to confront. I don't want to deal with them. So I'll just forgive. And you know what I'll say? The Bible says I'm supposed to forgive people. So it's just, you know, for convenience sake, I can do whatever I want, but it's all at the what level. So this is how it can be really damaging. And when I help people see this, really these questions of what do you 
think is more important behind the words you use what you say or what you mean nice that's usually all it takes but these other questions are good to start you have a conversation with these people you can start flushing this stuff out and start teaching people the different levels of how we can experience these different dimensions of of scripture the different levels of information whether it's what the knowledge it's the understanding or it's the wisdom the truth the you know the doctrine all this stuff it's just phenomenal and it really starts clearing up things and and bringing a lot of confidence to this faith we have yeah just a really quick example of what's more important about what someone says versus what they mean is imagine someone saying imagine you you know pastor joel saying hi to me he goes hi hi pastor jonathan and i go hi why are you being so disrespectful to give me a salutation that is not hello (laughs) you think that i am an idiot and i'm a moron and that i am not respected you don't respect me Imagine my response like that to Pastor Joel. He would be like, whoa. Be like, you okay, man? Yeah. Are you all right? (laughs) What's going on? But that's, it's more important about what someone means. That's just a really easy example of hi just means it, it, hello, it's good to see you. Yeah. I'm making myself known to you that I see you and you see see me. And people can blow it completely out of proportion if they're, if they're focused on what, which is exactly what we're talking about here. A summary of the animal thinking perspective. Animal thinking is limited to knowledge, yeah. to effects, to results. Yeah. And it's always a focus on what. So when we say this term, a what, a what in quotes, I'm quoting what is this is all about knowledge. This is all about the fact. And the strict side believes all that matters is this what, is this fact. Right. Well, why don't we go check the switchboard for a call? And oh, we got it's, it's lit up. And it's a call from McMillan, Alabama, Pastor Richard Tater. Go ahead, Pastor Dick. You are on the line. Oh, yes. Hello, Pastor Joel, Pastor Jonathan. This is Pastor Richard Taylor calling from McMillan, Alabama. How y'all doing? Now, gentlemen, this animal thought process y'all speak of is where our habits are. Yes, that's right. This is how we tie our shoes, drive to work, get ready in the morning. Now, the problem is, is it also how we respond to people? We can say things without thinking. My problem was I could never tell what people were responding with thinking or not thinking. It's like zombies, Pastor Richard. They look like people, but they aren't really all there. <laughs> Apparently, I have already faced my own zombie apocalypse. But now with restoration, I know that if they don't answer my question, they are a zombie. Gentlemen, 
I have seen a lot of leaders who are good at giving an immediate response and not answering the question. I wish I would have known all this years ago. You know, Pastor, I've also had a lot of experience with people that I looked up to responding to my questions from an animal thought process. It honestly leaves me very disappointed. Disappointing indeed, Pastor Joel. I think I may have been like those people, unfortunately. Thank you both for letting me share, even when I was a zombie. I'm going to hang up and listen, but, you know, this was my favorite podcast. To hate. God bless! Thank you, Pastor Tater, for the call. Man, I love it. Wow. Pastor Tater is showing a lot of self-awareness. What do you think, Pastor Joel? Yeah, I think so. I think you know, we see when he called us before he went through the restoration process, he definitely had his zombie moments. And I think he's starting to, because he's understanding the thought processes at a higher level than ever, he's able to understand some of the decisions and, and mistakes he's made in the past at a much higher level, a lot clearer. Mm-hmm. However, he wasn't always a zombie. Otherwise, he wouldn't have asked for help. Nice. A zombie doesn't ask for help. Nope. And he wouldn't have went through the restoration process. But the reality is, Pastor Tater wasn't alone. The reality is 94% of people on the planet are walking around in an animal thought process. This means you're only going to have deep and meaningful conversations with one out of every 16 people. (laughs) Yeah, that would explain why uh, those conversations are so rare. And I think we ought to appreciate them when they happen. Pastor Joel, what is the other side of the argument? The other side. So the loose side of this argument is that really we're lucky to know anything. You know, if the other side is very just limited to knowledge, to facts, to what's, Mm -hmm. this side is like, you know, we're lucky. We're lucky we know anything or, you know what? We really can't know things. It's a mystery. Ah. Okay. And the the line that I know you and I just love, we are limited by our finite human brain. (laughs) How have people been hurt by that perspective? Well, doctrine is being missed. In other words, God, his truth is being missed, which means people can't intentionally do God's word and will. So people have contradictions leading to depression, and they still judge others like they can know these things. Oh, that's a great perspective. Right. So I, I, I say or believe I can't know things, yet I judge you like you should. Massive contradiction. 
nice. um, treating people, which will lead to depression. And here's another big thing I see people being hurt by is we have pastors and leaders acting like bosses. Season one, we covered the topic of leadership in our women in leadership episode. Yep. A boss is somebody who facilitates their own purpose and progress at the expense of others. A leader is someone who facilitates the purpose and progress of other people. So we can see pastors and Christian leaders acting like bosses when they're telling their members or the people they're helping what to do without giving them explanations behind how and why to do that thing. That is a boss mentality. Yes, it is. So how would you handle an interaction with someone who had this loose perspective, Pastor Joel? Uh, Pastor Jonathan, give me $50. Why would I give you $50? Uh, I thought you couldn't understand the why. (laughs) Right? Anytime somebody tries to get to a meeting, you just flip it on them like that. Okay, what do you mean? What? Why does it matter? Just what matters? Then give me $50. Man. How about this? So, Pastor Jonathan, do you ever try to teach other people anything? I do. And why would you if that doesn't matter? Why, Hmm. if the why doesn't matter? And then going back to this really this issue where we the loose side believes we can't know things because of our finite brain yet judges people for what they don't know you can just ask that person do you get mad or judge other people for what they don't know and for why they don't know it and really here's here's the killer that brings this back to uh, the thought process, right? Somebody's acting on this loose side. Somebody acting in this animal thinking version of our thought process. You could ask that person, how is what you're doing anything different than what the Bible calls being led by the flesh? And then just leave them alone, right? Again, because I want to emphasize this. The That's point great. Yeah. With these questions, isn't to nail anybody to the wall or to make anybody feel small or stupid. This is about helping people. One, it's about protecting my own thought process, and it's and it's also about helping these people recognize what they're doing is hurting people. Yeah, well said. So that's the strict side. That's the loose side. Obviously, we see this impacting our church um, today. So when you see this going on, Pastor Joel, what are your thoughts? I see three categories of people. There's the people I feel sorry for. These are the people who operate like zombies. Only living their lives on autopilot according to the patterns in which they've always lived. I mean, people may have gotten saved, but are their lives any different than what they were before they met Christ? Nice. I feel bad for these people who aren't experiencing the life-giving and life-changing grace 
of our Lord. Mm. They may have received salvation, but oh, I don't know. It doesn't always seem like it. Yeah. There's the people I understand why they do what they do. These are people who know what the Bible says is only part of the equation. These people know that there must be better answers than because the Bible says so. Yet they haven't been given any, so they get frustrated, and we understand why these people would even leave the church. Exactly. Or especially why these people would be skeptical of what they're being taught. Then there's the people that I'm impressed with. These are people who operate their brain in the way God intended. Regardless of the discomfort that we experience when we are humble and when we have to change. But these people pursue the understanding and the wisdom of God, not just the knowledge. Pastor Joel, wouldn't it be amazing if people who left the church because they didn't get answers would share with us? their questions or where they didn't get answers oh, <laughs> that would be amazing yeah i would love that would be a ministry i would love to be a part of we're a ministry that if you've been disenfranchised with the church and have not had your answers or your questions be answered come to us that would be great the the uh repairing because i said so ministry oh yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, awesome what is the ultimate answer for animal thinking the the ultimate answer with animal thinking is that animal thinking is focused on effects it's focused on the what it's focused on knowledge and it's limited to that so what we need we need to operate at a higher level of thinking than this and we need to recognize what are these habits and these patterns that Pastor Tater so eloquently shared that are getting in the way of us walking and living for God. Mm. Some of these patterns aren't an issue. Like tying my shoes. But there are patterns and habits in my life that are hindering me from hearing from God. And unfortunately, when I'm operating according to animal thinking, I'm also not operating according to the way my brain needs to be operating for me to hear the still small voice of the Lord. So one of the things that I think combats this, what do we need without getting into the other thought processes? Cause we'll do whole episodes on those is we need to be given a reason and a value nice. behind what we are taught. And leaders, that is a responsibility we have to give a reason and to give a value to people behind what we teach them, just as Jesus did. Because Jesus always motivated people with a reason and a value. Should we want to be like Jesus or not? But if I was to give like a short rule, what's a way for me to go deeper than animal thinking? What's a way for me to think at a higher level than animal thinking? Definitions, definitions, 
definitions. Awesome. Well, thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.